This week I was thinking back to the ways in which Jesus was described to me as a child. And most often uh, in Sunday school, the ways that Jesus was talked about. And I thought about paintings and pictures and storybooks that I read that had pictures of Jesus and Jesus was presented in a certain way. Jesus was always, it looked like maybe six foot tall or, or taller. He always had perfectly combed hair, a perfectly groomed beard. I remember there was a painting in my house, maybe it was a sketch, but it was Jesus and uh, he was wearing a white garment and his hair was perfect and he had a sheep uh, draped over uh, his shoulders. But the sheep also must have been spotless because there were no marks, there was, uh, there was no dirt or anything on his, on his garment. Jesus was always presented in a way where he was perfect, presentable all the time. He was a hard standard to live up to. And not only this, not only was this the way that Jesus was pictured uh, physically for me, but the ways in which Jesus was talked about, uh, Jesus was described as a nice and polite person. Jesus was uh, a civil savior. He didn't come to disrupt too much. He showed up and everybody liked him and he was Mr. Congeniality. (laughs) And he just kind of presented himself. This was, this was the picture of Jesus I had as a child. But I'm not sure that that's totally an accurate picture of who Jesus is. I, I'm, I'm sure he was likable. I'm sure he was kind and, and nice in certain situations. I, I'm sure that this is true, but I'm not sure that it captures the totality of who Jesus was as a person in time and space and history. And I know that to be true because of the passage that we've read this morning. It's most often referred to as the cleansing of the temple. Jesus comes into the temple at Passover and he sees the whole place filled with livestock and with money changers. And he becomes angry. And I know that this is an important story Because the different gospel accounts sometimes choose to tell a specific story, whereas another gospel account might choose to leave it out. But this story is in all four gospels. When a story shows up in all four gospels, it kind of tells you that this is a central piece, a characteristic that everyone should know about Jesus, this is something central to who he was and is. This was part of his message to the people at that time and to us today. And so maybe the the big takeaway, the most obvious takeaway, is that Jesus was a human being who experienced human emotions, who became angry sometimes. I like to think that he probably got angry or he got uh, hungry sometimes, and that made him a little bit disgruntled, right? He probably uh, had the same struggles that you and I face in interpersonal relationships. He was a human being. And if we project a standard of Jesus that is so great that none of us can ever even be within the same ballpark, I think we do ourselves a bit of a disservice. And so Jesus goes into this place, and he sees the things that are happening, and he cannot abide He cannot have it. He has to do something. This is his father's house and it is filled and looks like a marketplace and not a place of worship. Now, I've heard this story preached on 
a hundred, if not a thousand times. I've listened to sermons, I've sat in church, I've read books, and almost everyone always goes, yes, Jesus was angry, but this was a righteous anger. This was a pure type of anger. This is an acceptable form of anger. And I think that that's because sometimes in church, we become a little bit too focused on behavior modification rather than personal and inward transformation. I truly believe this. God is less concerned with you keeping a list of do's and don'ts for the entirety of your life. And God is more concerned with your heart changing so that you see and act in the world that is, a, that is in a way closer to the way that Jesus actually lived. And so it's okay for us sometimes to get angry. Anger is an acceptable human response. Anger is, it's okay when we look into the face of the unjust, into the face of exploitation, into the face of unfair treatment. And so the gospel doesn't give us a lot of details about what this marketplace consisted of. But I think if we look around today, we might be able to imagine what was happening. People from all over Israel would bring uh, animals to be sacrificed in the temple as an offering to God. But the holiness code required that these animals would be without blemish. And so can you imagine a, a family coming from their small country town and they've walked all of this way, they've traveled to a place only to arrive there and for someone to tell them that the animal that they have brought really isn't up to par. But guess what? We've got an animal here that you can buy for the low, low cost of whatever market value is. Or maybe they need to buy an animal, they didn't have one themselves, but they've brought the wrong kind of currency. And so a money changer will tell them, of course, I can change out your money and I can give you the acceptable form, but there will be a fee. If we think about a modern comparison, uh, check cashing, payday loans, and overdraft fees are billion dollar industries in our America. People who are already poor are paying money to access the funds that belong to them. It is not hard to imagine that this is the same type of behavior that Jesus walked into the temple and saw where a place where people should be encountering God, they were being charged a fee in order to access and participate in worship. This is something to get angry about. And this was not impulse on Jesus' part. If you read the scriptures carefully, Jesus doesn't just lose it. He takes the time to stop, to survey the scene, and then to make his own whip. <laughs> Have you ever made a whip? Probably not. But I can tell you, it doesn't just happen in 30 seconds. So he takes these cords, and he puts them together, and he begins to drive out the animals, and he begins to turn over the coins and the tables, and he begins to make an entire mess of the whole thing, because what is happening there is not in line with what this house of worship is supposed to be about. And perhaps there is no better time for us to talk about this scripture on the day where we're having our own annual business meeting. Because we need to put in check to make sure that we are not taking advantage of people. 
that we are not asking people to pay any type of fee or putting up any type of obstacle that would allow them to come to this place and to worship and to access community and to interact with God. We need to remove every barrier and every obstacle. It needs to be available to everyone and not just people who look like us or live like us or live in the same gated neighborhoods as us. This needs to be open, truly open. And about three weeks ago, I was on Facebook. I saw someone post a prayer, so short, it was like a sentence long, that said, Father, forgive me for all the times that I have sat down at tables that I should have turned over. I have repeated that prayer every day for the last three weeks, sometimes multiple times. Because the truth is, is the temple didn't go from a place uh, that, was, that was pure and undefiled to a pure marketplace overnight. But this happens with a slow creep where we allow a little bit in and a little bit in and a little bit in and we make an excuse to do a little bit more or maybe a little bit less until somewhere down the line our places of worship are unrecognizable to what they began as originally. Two weeks ago I told you that Lent is like a time of spring cleaning. And so what I want to encourage you today as you reflect on this story is to think about not whose tables you need to turn over out there, not whose livestock you need to turn over or, or, or rush out out there, but perhaps today we can take this opportunity to survey our own lives, to think about our own temple, to imagine what tables need to be turned over and what coins need to be poured out and what type of spring cleaning we actually need to do to make ourselves and our community the kind of place where everyone can come and meet God. Amen.